So I start with the problem that they need fulfilled and I outlined how I would teach them to fulfill that. I break that up into modules and then I write a script for each module video, um, make the PowerPoint presentation and then hit record. Our today's guest is a woman who helps wannabe and growing entrepreneurs start a business, grow it, and help people make a lot of money. She believes in making positive impact on the world. Her name is Chelsea Bladwin and operates two agencies named as Copy Power and Business Bitch. Looking at what she does inspires me personally and made me a fan of her copywriting. Uh, Chelsea created courses that help young digital entrepreneurs grow and make online money quickly. This conversation is a little long than our other episodes, but the lessons shared are relatable to the problems with digital entrepreneur. So without a further ado, let's listen to the conversation with Chelsea Platvin. Hi Chelsea, how are you doing? I'm uh, doing well. Thanks for having me. Okay. So for those who don't know you, can you just quickly give your introduction and what do you do? Yeah. So my name is Chelsea. I am a multi-business entrepreneur. So uh, my first company which I still have is a copywriting agency where, you know, we wrote copy, website copy, marketing copy, email copy, all the stuff for our clients to help them sort of stand out online, get attention online, and sell more online. And that evolved out of me starting my career as a freelance writer um, and then having a short job working over head of marketing and head of content for a company. Uh, and then as the copywriting agency developed, I started getting demands for coaching, like business coaching. Well, how did you do this? How did you do that? Can you teach me to write? Can you teach me how to like get clients? Um, because I'm a freelancer, but I don't make as I know I don't make as much money as you. So I started teaching that stuff as well and offering those coaching offers. Um, but under the umbrella of a copywriting agency, <laughs> offering coaching as well, it all just kind of started to get a little too complicated as to exactly what my offers were under that brand. Um, so I took some time off to figure things out in my business. And that's when I got, that was two years ago. And I got the idea for business bitch, uh, which is at businessbitch.com, which is my brand for business coaching. And so there is where I really dive deep into business coaching. My specialty is with freelancers or small agency owners, consultants, and people selling digital products. And yeah, my focus there is people who are starting or growing. They're usually in their first five years. And my revenue focus for them is to get them to the $25,000 per month mark or $300,000 per year mark just as quickly as possible and as sustainably as possible. Um, so yeah, that's what I do. Does that answer the question? Yeah. So 
how many fans do you have at present in your like fan list or you might be having track of that somewhere oh i don't know i've got a lot of people on linkedin i've got um email list some people on instagram i don't keep a running tally in my head but they're spread out but they're spread out to three main places though my email list my LinkedIn account, which LinkedIn gives you a lot of reach as well, and Instagram mostly. Mm -hmm. So you can add me as one of them from okay. three. So. <laughs> sure. Because when I was looking at Power Copy, the website that you have for mm -hmm. copywriting, so I was like, yeah, communicating with me right now live, and it was mm -hmm. a very wonderful experience. Let me be honest with you for that. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely the goal of it. Yeah, I have seen your profile and all those website, both of mm -hmm. them. And the messaging was very powerful. Now, let me ask you this question that is, uh, how your journey began, like the ups and downs? What, what were they like? You know, there might be some ups that bring you a good revenue. There might be few of the client that might be nasty or giving you... Mm -hmm whole lot of tension or anxiety in your day-to-day -day life? Yeah, so the ups and downs of the journey. So I think it started on a downer. So like I graduated from university in 2010 and I had a degree in journalism. And at that point, we were also in a recession like we are now. Um, but at that time was when a lot of newspapers were going online, magazines were going online. Um, e-readers had come out. I mean, they had been around, but like they were really starting to gain traction. And so a lot of print media publications were folding. They were going under, dying, like they just weren't existing anymore. And so people just weren't hiring journalists um, or people who wanted to write. So I started from there where it was like, well, what am I going to do? I have to do something to make money because I didn't have like parents to live off of. And I wanted to live on my own. I didn't want to live in the small hometown that I grew up in. So I needed to figure out a way to make money. And I wanted to travel a lot as well. Um, so I started finding ways to write online freelance writing. And so that sort of got me on the journey of writing, copywriting, like you said, the Copy Power website, becoming self-employed, eventually to Business Bitch, um, but yeah, there were ups and downs with that. Like I first started working for really cheap rates just because I didn't know any better. And some of the editors there were really hard to work with because they were underpaid as well, but they felt the need to like wield their power in some way. I don't know. It was weird, but I did learn a lot about online marketing, um, and how writing works online and what the purpose is of articles online and copy online. So, yeah, so anytime I had like a dip or a down in the journey, it was always a learning point. Like if I had a really complicated client that wasn't getting back to me according to our timeline and kept stretching out our project or was just a pain in the ass with revisions, I learned how to avoid that. So I learned, okay, well, when I send my contracts, I need to put in like this is the timeline. This is what you're sticking to. You have like, I build in like 
a few times when they can miss the deadlines or when they can let me know, oh, we need to extend. But beyond that, it's like, okay, if we go beyond this, if we extend past the deadline, there's a fee or we have to do a timeline rework fee. And so that keeps people accountable, but it also respects my time and my calendar and likewise with revisions. So I learned to build in just two rounds of revisions and how to make those revisions as effective as possible for both me and the client. Um, so yeah, it's always been, there's always something to learn when things don't go your way, I think. And it was frustrating to learn that as an entrepreneur, especially because I wasn't someone who started out wanting to be an entrepreneur. I wanted a job, but I kind of, you know, fell backwards into freelancing and it took off that way. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm grateful for it, but yeah, I think that seems to have be the theme over the last 10 years of, you know, having dips in the journey. It's like, okay, well, there's a dip. How am I going to get out of it? Or how am I not going to deal with this in the future? So you have to figure out a way to move forward and up. I would like to go a little deep listening to your story with clients and all those things that you manage somehow to, you know, make some rules, accountability things. Now, what was the point? And this is going to be all about this podcast that what was the point where you have seen the upfall there was no downfall and you were just constantly growing and i have a question on Mm -hmm. this also that you're working since so long i think uh six or seven years if i'm not wrong i've been working for over 10 years okay so on uh copy power you are working since last five and a half yeah. So yeah, Copy Power was officially founded in 2015, but I was doing copywriting work before that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how are uh, like the number of people under you are working mm-hmm. with you, the staff members? I would like to know a little bit about that also. But first, let's come to the point. Okay. What was the upsurge point in your life that you have never seen back or never seen a downfall from that point? Yeah, well... I don't think there's really, (laughs) I think that point is a myth. I don't think that exists, or at least I haven't come to it yet because, um, I mean, I have an answer, but when you're always looking forward and you're ambitious, like the finish line always changes. It's always going forward and you're never really satisfied. And that's just something that you learn to live with. But to answer your question, um, like a year or two after I started Copy Power, I signed up for some business coaching that was about like getting books solid with clients, just getting your calendar totally full. And it worked. It helped me out a lot. And so from that point, like I had the confidence, like if I need a client, I can land a client. Um, if I need more people in my pipeline, I can get more people in my pipeline. You know, I can be as full of work as I want to. Or, you know, if I choose to have less, I can have less. So that was kind of a point around 2016, 2017, when I was actually book solid and I had to like start referring work out to other copywriters. That's also when I got the idea for, oh, maybe I can turn this into an agency. Um, But yeah, so that was kind of the point when I realized when I learned how to get booked fully, when I learned to get book solid and how that's done, that was a really like kind of like forward upward spiral place to kind of launch off from if that makes sense day in your life how does it goes 
a day in my life. Okay. Well, I wake up, I have my morning routine where I read something like right now I'm reading a book on sales by Zig Ziglar. Um, I read, I meditate, I write down my goals, exercise, and then I get walk my dog and then I get to work. Um, and then during the work day, I have like certain habits, certain targets that I try to meet each day. So, because I know those will help me fulfill my goals. Like I have them here under my keyboard, um, to keep track so I can knock them off. And it's like, I want to send out, I don't do everything every day, but that the goal is to do everything every day. Um, but like sending out an email with a call to action, turning that email to a blog post, sharing it to social media, um, offering sales. Like I have a total of 15 sales that I want to offer every day to 15 different people for different things. Um, doing some PR work, connecting, like growing my network, commenting on other people's stuff on LinkedIn to kind of, because LinkedIn is the best place I found to get reach and leads and everything. Um, engaging in my LinkedIn DMs, selling there, um, tracking my money that I make every day. Um, yeah. And then I have like weekly things that I do as well, like following up with the hot leads, um, sending out a testimonial to people, posting a video on LinkedIn to sell something, that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I do said, yeah. as much as I can. And then at a certain point, um, like I can feel my brain and my body just starting to check out. And that's when I check out for the evening, have dinner, maybe come back, do one or two more things and then just, yeah. So you said that you have 15 leads on or, or sales to make a day and you have to do that if I'm yeah. not wrong. Yeah. Well, so how do you get 15 people in pipeline on daily basis? Like, well, I don't always do 15 a day, but the way I get them in, so I'm very active on LinkedIn and LinkedIn for me started as an experiment last year, just because I had heard people were doing great things with it or really growing their businesses there. So I just wanted to see like, well, what can I do with it? And so I started the experiment and I have a podcast episode on this actually. Um, it's at businessbitch.com slash LinkedIn. If anyone wants to like listen to the whole story of it and get some insights. Um, but to make the long story short, I get a lot of people coming to me on LinkedIn just because I engage so much on other people's content. And then they see my profile. And like you said, it's really strong. So they add me as a connection or they DM me and I get like at least 20 a day. Um, at least sometimes it's 25, 30 connection requests a day and, and, or messages. And so I'm always responding to those and I'm always keeping the conversation going by asking a question, by ending the conversation on a question. And if I can tell a person would be a good lead. Um, and it usually doesn't take very long to get to the point of, Oh, well this could, I can actually do this. I do this for my clients. I can help you do this. Would you like to book a discovery call? Or does this sound interesting to you? Or, oh, I actually have this course that helps you land clients worth $10,000 or more. So I link them to that. So that's, it's not that, like, it sounds like a lot, but it's not that hard. And again, I don't hit that target every day, but the target is high on purpose um, because I don't need to make 15 sales a day to make the money I want to make. But not everyone buys and also... Um, I have big goals and I learned this recently from Grant Cardone. He has the 10 X mindset. So it's like you, you take what you actually need to do and you multiply it by 10 
and you strive for that and you're always in a growth mode. Um, so that's kind of where that comes from, but that's where the leads come from as well to make those sales. Okay. That sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. Like I'm looking to know forward. How is it like, you know, being a woman, how you manage your business along with your personal life, because you are a woman, you mm -hmm. need to cook food for yourself and do all the home stuff if I'm not wrong. Yeah. And I get everything in my hand to be very honest. I am very young. I'm not married yet. And my mom's cooked food for me and I get everything in my hand yeah. along with, you know, I have just uh, my studio to clean up and nothing else. I just need to work for the full day. So how do you manage your day and business all together? Yeah. Well, um, yeah it's interesting because like people like a lot of people here my age are single still and um it's just it's just habits honestly is what it is that you build in so like i know what i would like to eat for breakfast like i have it here because i am not an early breakfast eater like i eat an avocado and apple with peanut butter and i just eat that for breakfast it's healthy you just get yourself into habits. So like I started getting into the habit of providing my own food when I was 18 because that's when I moved out. Um, and then, you know, when you're on a university campus, there's cafeterias and stuff you can go to, but then you get out of college, you don't have as much money. Um, you're paying rent. Um, you have to cook for yourself. So you learn to do that. And honestly, like meal prep, just like having your meals cooked in big batches ahead of time so you can take them out eat them up eat them and then like cook like once a week or like you only have to like fry an egg um once a day to add on top of something that you've already made um you can eat really healthy and save money on food and still be productive because you're it just fits in with your schedule so that's um how yeah. Cleaning is not my favorite thing to do. I hate cleaning. Um, so you can hire a cleaner. <laughs> um, or I also hate cleaning. I, I do it twice a week. Yeah. Um, or like with laundry or something like it's not much, like I used to live in India. It's not much of a thing to have someone do it for you here. Uh, but, you know, you can just kind of, I don't know, suck it up and go do it every couple of weeks or something just buy enough underwear <laughs> you said you, you used to live in india yeah i was there for two years um working in chandigarh okay punjab if i'm not wrong hmm? chandigarh is in punjab if i'm not yeah, wrong yeah. yes it is yes. so how was your experience in india um it was good i learned a lot i went there for work um so that was when I was, I was still freelancing, but I wanted some real, like, like experience working within a company because I wanted to increase my value as a freelancer. Like my plan was always to come back to self-employment. Um, but I went there, so I landed an internship there that actually the company folded like two days after I started. Um, so... I was just like in India, I had bought this like one way ticket, but, um, but then I found like another internship to do and that evolved into a job into like 
from content writer to content director to CMO. And um, yeah, and I actually really liked it. I liked being there. I had been there before, um, like traveling, and I did a small internship before. But yeah, it was great. It was a good experience. Um, I learned a lot professionally and personally. And I had, yeah, it was a lot of fun. There was a good number of expats where I lived too. So we could like rent these big houses and live together. And yeah, it was nice. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think so. There is any possibility of you and I completing today's podcast or show because you have sort of whole lot of big history of yours. Like you used to live in India, freelancing, um, after college, you do not have a good support and you need to be on your own. I don't think we are going to complete this episode on the time, but I think we need to cut a little if possible. Okay, okay. so I think we have skipped a question that is uh, the number of team members in your team. Yeah, so I don't have, like I'm my only full-time employee, um, but the way that works with a copywriting agency I mean, you can have full-time employees in an agency or you can have subcontractors. Um, so that's the route that I went just because, I, honestly, I just didn't want all the responsibility of employees and figuring all that stuff out. Um, but yeah, so when I got the idea to become an agency, I had been selling courses on how to write better copies. So Um, Some people who bought the courses were, you know, just business people who needed to bootstrap. They didn't have money to hire a copywriter, so they learned how to do it themselves. And others were copywriters or writers who just wanted to improve, who wanted to learn from someone who knew how to message the way I did how to message. So I took the list of people who had taken those courses and said, hey, I'm expanding. I'm starting an agency. I'm interested in interested in subcontracting. If you would like to subcontract for copy power, let's set up a call. And so I found like I interviewed a number of people and I started outsourcing some extra work that way. Um, So, you know, at most, I think I had like three people going at one time. Um, But that varies three to four. So it's a small agency still, but yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. I can see multiple courses on your website, businesspitch.com. And I like the concept about business pitch that you are impatient. And we were talking before the podcast that we both are Capricorn. And we. I, I think it is by nature that we both are sort of impatient people, right? Right. So... How, how much time did it take to figure out how you can help the audience or your clients with all those courses that you have created, the time duration, and all the resources that it took? Yeah, so um, I knew the, the first course I ever created was the Write a Better Website course, which is actually on the Copy Power site. It's not on Business Bitch. Um but I knew I wanted to have like another source of income besides just offering the service. I knew that would be a smart business move. So I bought a course on how to make courses, which sounds silly, but I didn't know what I was doing. 
Um, so I learned from someone who did know what he was doing. And it actually took me eight months to make my first course, which sounds crazy now because I could, gosh, I could make one in eight days now. But like I did a lot of research into it um, because I didn't know what I was doing. I made it not, I didn't make it more complicated. I just followed his instructions. And now that I know better what I'm doing, I found that his instructions were like way over complicated, but it took, it took me eight months um, to figure out how to do it. Uh, a lot of that was spent on research. So I did a lot of engagement with my email list and audience and people who were my, in my ideal audience, even if they weren't on my email list. So I did a lot of research figuring out what they needed. Um, but I think in that process, I also learned just how to do it naturally with the email list and the audience that I already had. So as soon as I launched that, like almost immediately, I got an idea for another one that I turned around and made, which was the basic like SEO blog, blogging SEO course, like how to do search engine optimizations on your blog posts and how I did it. Like I showed how I did it for some of my um, copywriting blog posts on the copy power website. And they were all just always on the first page of Google. So I showed people how to do that. And I sold that for $47 or $7 on sale. Um, so it was a cheap one or inexpensive because the one before that I launched at the $200 mark and now I've upgraded it and it's $400, but um, it was cheaper. And so then I sold a lot of those obviously because it was inexpensive, but it was also really helpful. So then I latched onto that idea and started making um, basically like I would do a short video training once a month for at that time I had a membership community under copy power that was for coaching and copywriting help and business help. So I'd make like one training per month to help them out. And they were short, they were quick, and they were things that I could sell really cheaply, like really inexpensive on their own. So I latched onto that idea and I just took like their requests that they needed to know. Um, one time I did make a bigger course, um, but I did like one module per month. So that was the blogging with balls masterclass that is on the business bitch website as well. Um, so yeah, I just started really identifying like what people needed help with. And I put that into a course so that if they couldn't afford to hire me one-to-one, they could buy the digital product and do it themselves. And obviously like hiring me one-to-one is more effective and faster but if you don't have the budget for it, there's another option. So that's kind of how I started to find these ideas. And like the, my most popular course in business, bitch is the 10 K clients course, like land five figure client deals, um, which is a huge one for freelancers. And that's a huge thing that people really want to know because they don't know how to do it because a lot of freelancing work gets labeled as cheap. So it's like, well, how do you position yourself as, one, an expensive freelancer who's worth it and who gets paid that much and, you know, can land those deals fairly easily. So that's what I teach in that training. Um, yeah. So that does that answer the question? Like, that's how I started getting the ideas. And so I basically just fill the, the needs of what people have with a course. I think you're yeah, helping your audience or your clients either actively by working for them or passively by providing them course and this is a good good thought of yours to be very honest i appreciate this but after the first course how much time the second and the third and the fourth and and as go like 
on the go? How much time did it take? Took it took eight months or less than that? Oh, way less. Like I think I made the second one in less than a week. So now when I have a course idea that I know I need to make, I already know that the need is there just because I learned how to like better listen to my audience and the people who want to learn from me. Um, and so all I have to do is just outline. So I start with the problem that they need fulfilled and I outlined how I would teach them to fulfill that. And I break that up into modules and then I write a script for each module video, um, make the PowerPoint presentation and then hit record. And then I edit that video and it's done. And I usually make like a PDF workbook to go either with the course overall or with each video as well. Um, so that they have like the video and the document to guide them through. Um, so it doesn't take long, like how long it takes obviously depends on the modules and how in depth of a course it is. Um, but for example, I recently just updated the 10 K clients course and that did not take long. Like I got it done within a week and a half, like, because I made a new module, but it was a very in-depth one. It was an hour long video. And I made that, I wrote the script, I made the presentation and I made the workbook to go with it. And then I recorded it, edited it, uploaded it, and then let people know that it was updated. Mm -hmm. This is a good solution. And I think, you know, I'm working with a client who is coming up with a course next month. Mm. And I'm doing all the digital things like video editing and all those things for mm. her. And it is a good experience and a fun experience while the first course is in process. Like, you know, it is like you're confused what to do, what not to do and how to publish it. And you need a good idea to do the same things that all other people are doing in a different way. Mm -hmm. And it takes a whole lot of effort, I think. I've never done any course or, you know, and now I'm going to ask you a personal question apart from all those I have lined up for you. Okay. Now, this is something going to be for me. Okay. And I'm not a salesperson, okay? So I don't like to sell or ask anyone that I can help them. But I do sort of things that help my audience, like on Instagram, on LinkedIn also. I publish uh, carousels only for now. Mm -hmm. So... Instead of being salesy, how can I get more business? So, yeah, this is an interesting thing that I've been talking a lot about lately, actually. So I can't, like I did not grow up like professionally in the sales profession. Um, neither of my parents are salespeople. I didn't grow up in a sales environment. So I had the impression that salespeople were sleazy or being salesy is slimy or trying to push for the sale is a bad thing. But I realized like at the end of last year that, you know, I'm pretty good at closing my deals just because I provide so much value. But I also wanted to grow my business in much bigger ways. And so in order to do that, I needed to be making more sales. So I decided I was going to get better at sales this year. And um, yeah, I've come to this realization that it's like you only feel slimy about sales is because there are some bad salespeople out there. Um, and they're 
they keep pushing to sell you something that you don't want to buy and you don't need. So that's where we get the idea that being salesy is not good. But when you're selling something that you fully believe in and that you know is going to do a favor to the person that you're selling it to, like, why wouldn't you sell them on it? Why wouldn't you help them overcome their objections or their resistance to this thing that you're selling? Like for me, I sell business coaching or I sell digital courses. And if someone like, for example, if someone comes to me interested in the 10K clients course, but they're like, not sure that they have the time or that they have the money or that they should do it or that they should just figure it out on their own. Well, one thing you can do, actually, a good tip is to just keep asking them questions about themselves and their goals and what they have going on, like get really, really granular. Um, So when I have a discovery call, a lot of times it feels like 20 questions because um, like I had a call with a guy yesterday and I was like, well, what does your Google analytics look like? Like, what are you doing to get your clients? Where do they come from? And he had told me he had had calls with other business coaches before me, but he was like saving me for last because he felt like I knew my stuff better. And he was really impressed that I was asking the questions, like the numbers based questions that mattered um, because it showed that I knew my stuff. And so you can ask those questions. And then when you get that data you can provide the most perfect solution in return. And, you know, like my 10K clients course now costs $350. So it was $227. Now it's $350 because I've upgraded it with a lot more information to be a lot more helpful. Um, So it's like, okay, let's say someone doesn't want to spend $350 or they have $150 to spend or whatever. Like let's just say they, they have a hang up about spending that much money. It's like, okay, so you cannot spend it and not learn this skill, or you can spend it. You can learn the skill. You can have a 10 K client in a month's time. Whereas before your clients are only paying you three K or four K. What, like, what do you want to do? Like, and I never, like, you can never force someone to spend money they don't want to spend, but it doesn't hurt to just kind of ask them these questions. Like, So do you want this or do you want this? And this is available for this price, but like, what do you want? You know? Um, So I, so I'm now becoming unafraid to push for this, to not be afraid to push for the sale just because I know that what I do and what I offer gets such good results for people that it's like, even if spending like a certain amount of money makes them uncomfortable. And like, I, I actually price cheap for what I offer. Like if you compare me to other business coaches who teach you how to do these things, I am way cheaper than they are. Um, but so I'm unafraid to push for it, but if you, if pushing for it makes you a little bit uncomfortable, I would just say, keep asking questions, keep asking questions, keep asking questions, like drive down into the data, ask people for numbers Uh, This is actually something I teach in the 10K clients course, like ask them for their numbers, ask them for their customer amounts, ask them how much money they're making, ask them like what their website visits are, what their conversion rates are. So you can gather that data and you can offer them like a perfect solution in return um, based on the data that they give you so that one, they see that you care because you do care about their success and what they're doing. And then two, you can give them a better offer than anyone else has given them because you've taken the time to care that much. And that 
that alone actually helps you close a lot more deals than having to like push for the sale if you just ask the questions. Does that help? Does that yep. That was a long answer. <laughs> Were you good at school or in college time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got good grades. All right, because your answers are kind of in-depth and brief each and every time. And I was not a good fan or not a good kind of student in my school days. So uh -huh. I do not used to write these long answers or all those. Even though I remember while used to be in very first standard, mm -hmm. uh, what I used to do is, this is a fun part and you love it. Because what I used to do is I would fill in the blanks, match the following true or false and all those things. I used to do that. But when it came to writing two or three line answer, I just used to skip it. And teacher or, or the ma'am, who whoever would check the paper, would put a big cross mark on the last page. And that what my parents were concerned about. Like, why are you not writing this even though you know all the answers? Why are you not? Like, I was too lazy. And this is a fun part when I remember I was not good at school. But now when I look back, to be very honest with you, this is a personal thing I'm sharing with you, that mm -hmm. when I look back at my school days and the current me, I think I'm a better person now than before. And I was not kind of a good student. And looking at all the classmates that I have, few of them are still students or doing jobs and not like me doing business. So, you know, the worst people are the best people in the future. I think this is, this is a good psychology of mine that like, I was not good at studies, but I'm good at what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, I was good at it because I was like disciplined to be good at school by my parents. Um, but I didn't necessarily enjoy it if that <laughs> um, makes sense. But yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, I think too, I do to think too much emphasis is put on school and like the traditional way of doing education. Um, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. And being like disciplined to always follow the rules can actually hinder you as an entrepreneur. So there's a lot of unlearning that I've had to do over the years. Mm -hmm. unlearn and re relearn all the things in your life and this is a good process now to till uh, like let me share you a little thing forward that from kindergarten to ninth i was in the same school i was not good at studies and from mm -hmm. the sixth grade i remember that um like when i used to look at the report card it used to say 69 position and you know what does that mean that is i am the first ranker from backside <laughs> this is a fun thing and after changing the school in 10th standard i was like a rock star of my class and even in 12th standard that is the last stage of schooling mm -hmm. i used to teach my friends because i have changed the student and i have changed the surrounding and that that's what helped me to you know change my uh, section of study and all those things and that was a good time in school days. And even though in 12th, I used to teach my friends accountancy and statistics on very deep level with all the solutions that they were looking for. So those yeah. three years were very, very, very amazing for me. Now, I can see a lot of things on your website regarding sales, website, copywriting, power of storytelling, along with 
personal branding, freelancing, marketing content, SEO, email marketing, and branding. So how can you come up with all those things and you keep on learning so that you can publish a course or some content around that? And I think that was good about your website that I have seen on business page. Yeah, so the question is, how do I keep learning or how do I keep coming up with stuff? Yeah, so uh, how do you keep learning on a daily basis and come up with all those ideas and educate your audience after learning this? Yeah, well, I found like just doing business, like if you want to make money, there's no choice but to learn how to do things and how to do things better. Um, and so... Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a stubborn person. So when I want what I want, I want it and I go for it and I get it. And it's like, if I have to learn something, then I learn it. You know, I just learn it. Like search engine optimization was something that I learned actually a long time ago because it was something that I had to do for the my first freelance clients. Like optimize for keywords and then I realized why optimizing for keywords was so important and how to do it effectively um so that's just an example and then of course things change over time so how do you adapt to that um so yeah it's just like it just becomes second nature when because when you have a business this was something like um yeah Grant Cardone said this last night actually because he's doing like a 10x launch for the beginning of the year and there was a call last night and he said, cause there was a man on the call and he asked about like prioritizing his relationship with his wife or his business, you know, because you have to kind of balance that out. Um, and he said, actually your spouse, your partner will forgive you when you ignore it or when you don't do things right for a little while, your business will punish you immediately if you're not doing things right. So like, the the um, risk, the reward, the feedback is quick and it's fast. And if it's not good, it's painful. So to overcome that pain, you just have to learn how to get past it, how to get through it. And it's very humbling. <laughs> um, but you just learn to look up resources like Google is our best friend now and books are our best friend from people who have been knowing what they're doing for decades. Like, I think I mentioned I'm reading a book by Zig Ziglar right now. And he is like, gosh, who knows how it's been, you know, he, he has been around, like his stuff has been around for a very long time, but it's very effective and he knows his stuff. Um, so yeah, it's just, you keep learning. And as I keep learning, I keep teaching because I know people, because I know if I need to know it, a lot of other people need to know it too. Um, so that's kind of, does that answer the question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you do not need to say all, uh, like, does it answer the question? Because you go a lot depth and all the things that you say are kind of experienced by yourself and mm-hmm. it helps everyone that that answer is kind of very in-depth that even I have a question I do not want to ask because all you did was answer all those things up front in a single line. Okay. Now, the thing you said, you were listening to Grant Cardone last night. I was mm-hmm. watching Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. Have you heard about him? Yes, yes. I love Shark Tank. Okay. So I, I was listening to the same thing that uh, all those, you know, young graduates or the engineers graduating in the fourth year, mm-hmm. like, you know, one, one, 
a guy came to him and said like i'm doing all those things spending all my sundays for um my clients and being with them for all the solution that i provide but meanwhile my girlfriend is burned up because of me and she was like i do not want to be with your i, I want to break up so mm-hmm. he shared the same thing that you said right now you heard from uh grand cardone and and, yeah. and that is you know like you can make a girlfriend in near future or you can ask your ex girlfriend to be with you once again when you are successful but if you don't have money to feed him or your children then what will you do because work always comes first and family is the second priority after work i believe in this thing yeah well i mean it's important to have them both there but the way grant helped that guy who was like because the guy is going to the 10x conference in miami and so he's bringing his wife as well so she will be able to like um like a lot of people encourage you to kind of bring your family into your process so they can understand and they can share that with you as well so it doesn't feel like you're ignoring them um and they're also on your side and on your team and getting you to grow things um so yeah mhm now how was 2020 for you as an entrepreneur was it a upside you have seen a up, up like a downfall or something like that or well, it was yeah. neutral for you yeah so actually um a year ago like february 2020 <laughs> i had you know my copywriting agency was going well business bitch was almost a year old um i had all these great leads coming in like as you do after you've had an agency built up and like it gets good results so it has good reputation so i had these great leads coming in I was excited about the projects we were going to do. Um uh, and then every single one fell off except for one client that I had had for a while and that I think still have like they're a great client. Um every single one fell off and it was like, "Oh my god, shit. Like what am I going to do? This is not good." Like thankfully, I was very thankful in that moment that I had subcontractors and not employees because I didn't have to make payroll i if i chose i didn't even have to pay myself if i didn't want to so it was like okay well at least i don't have to meet like salary obligations um but yeah that was like kind of an awakening but it was also like more than just business it's like okay now i'm forced in my apartment by myself all the time this sucks like i need people around me you know um i'm an introvert but it's still like ah oh, i need friends socialize um so by default i guess i kind of just dove really deep into business bitch like i did a um a summit like a get your shit together during covid summit that i thought was not going to, <laughs> to be as relevant for as long as it is but it's still up for free on my website under my freebie tab if people want it they can check it out um So I did a summit. I had like 20 some sessions that I recorded with people um to kind of help me have like socialization and keep me sane just by working with other people and also that anchored me into working more on business bitch and so over the summer I did a lot of like research with my audience. I did a lot of one-to-one interviews. I did a lot of in exchange for the interviews. I offered them some free coaching as well. um so i really dove deep 
with them and what I could do to provide for them. And I came up with my three main coaching pathways, which I was already coaching on these things, but it helped to really like define them and define the steps that people would go through, like the freelancer, small agency, the consultant and the digital product seller. And people can be multiple things together, but those are the three pathways. Um, So I was able to dive deep into those, put up sales processes that worked for me, that worked for them, that would be the greatest benefit to them, put those offers together. Um, Yeah, so it helped me dive deep. It sucks because the money wasn't coming in as much as it was before, but it did help me dive deep into like building business bitch up and setting a really solid foundation that I was able to start taking off um, in the fall. Mm-hmm. It was helping. Now, how is 2021 going so far after one and a half month probably? And yeah, what are the digital platforms that you would suggest the audience listening to this in 2021? What is going to be best? social platform or digital platform yeah. to promote their business? So yeah, good questions and they go together. So 2021 has been great. I've booked more discovery calls and sales than like at a higher rate than ever before. So I'm really excited about that. And I've been helping a lot more people, which I'm stoked about. Um, business bitch is growing. I've got ideas for copy power as well to kind of revive it and sell my um, writing courses, like writing a better website, writing better blogs, those courses. Um, and I would suggest LinkedIn, like LinkedIn is where almost all of my leads have come from. Like I have a, an email list that takes care of some as well. But since I've been active on LinkedIn in the fall of last year, it has really, really taken off. And, um, yeah, to keep it short, if people want to know how to use LinkedIn to get leads coming into you without having to do the awkward cold outreach or awkward messaging, um, businessbitch.com slash LinkedIn, or there is a podcast episode that I recorded um, about how to do that and how I did that and all the things that I discovered through my LinkedIn experiments. Um, but LinkedIn is so great. You can get so much organic traction that just does not exist on other platforms. Um, so I'm a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have heard about, um, uh, what was that? I am out of my mind right now. Clubhouse. Yeah. Have yeah. you heard about Clubhouse? Do you leverage that? Um, I When I got on Clubhouse, I was really into it for about a week. Uh, mm-hmm. but I kind of lost my interest in it rather quickly. I think it would be a great add-on to a platform, like a platform like LinkedIn. I know Twitter is doing Spaces. I think it's called Spaces, which is basically Clubhouse, but within Twitter. Um, yeah, so it was nice in that like, I was able to have some conversations with people and give some value and get some interest, get invited to a lot of podcasts. But there's a, you have to spend a lot of time on it to get those opportunities. And you don't know when those opportunities are going to come in. Like you sometimes do with LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, like it's good also for advice, but after you've been on it for a week looking for advice, you need to start taking action. And also the advice is just, you know, always the same thing. If you're asking people who have been successful, they'll tell you a lot of the same things. Like we, realized with Kevin O'Leary and Grant Cardone. 
<laughs> they'll give you a lot of the same solutions and now it's just time to act on it. Um, but yeah, I'm not a clubhouse expert, but it seems like you really have to be dedicated to building the following, which would take hours and hours and hours and hours, which I just don't really have the capacity to do right now. So I'm zeroing in on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I mean, I follow on, but it's just not like my priority, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Everyone I follow, like my mentor, Christo, Mm -hmm. a few of other people are leveraging a lot, like, you know, Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. I think it is going to be the future, next future of podcasting nearby. Like you listen to podcasts whenever you're driving either way or you're working and you know your subconscious mind is active and the yeah. work you are, you need to get done is going to be done even though you're listening to podcasts so people are like they do not want to you know take away their concentration on other screen like mm-hmm. on youtube we need to look over the video sometimes and sometimes we need to look at the work that we are doing but this is good platform or you can say the future of podcasting a live podcasting kind of thing Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. And I don't think it's something to write off. It's just personally, like, it does take a lot of hours of dedication to pay off, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there needs to be a good solution for Android user also. I think so too, which is why I think like Twitter is doing it. I think it's going to be like a feature of existing strong platforms and maybe not so much its own thing by itself in the future, like a few years down the line, probably that's my mm-hmm. anyway, sort of like stories we'll see in the future. spoke to LinkedIn and now it's even on Pinterest and stuff like that. We will see it in future. What will happen? Yeah. Is Clubhouse going to stay or is it going to vanish away? Yeah. All right. So now the time has come for a rapid fire round. And okay. I started this from last episode. I had thought for this thing from very first episode, but I was uh, lacking of ideas that what should I ask? And now let's get started with the rapid fire round. And the first question is going to be, uh, one should go with caution based branding or statement led branding, which is the best. What do you suggest? Yeah. So I think for me, I like this. I realize that both of my brands are very statement led. Um, and it works well for me just with my personality, not to say that question based branding couldn't be good, but I'm, I'm a strong, I really like statement-based brands, kind of what I gravitate towards. So like copy power statement is like, get the attention you deserve online. Business bitch is like, impatience is a virtue. Let's get money in your bank ASAP. Um, I like statement-based. Mm-hmm. All right. Now sales or marketing, what would you prefer for a new startup if you're going to start a new business? Um. Well, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for traction, like a tech startup or something, probably marketing. But if you're looking for cash, like if you're a freelancer, sales. Okay. Now, an email marketing tip for 2021 you would suggest? Um, Be consistent. So be in people's inboxes, be real, like be 
authentic. I know the word authentic, it's overused, but if you're in people's inbox, if you're telling them truth, if you're helping them out, if you're staying top of mind, I think that's the best way to make use of email and always, always offer a call to action at the end. Um, let people know that they can work with you. Mm -hmm. What would you, what would you, Chris, if you are looking for a digital marketing service or any kind of services like uh, where a freelancer can also be there or an agency can be there or a consultant can be there? What would you go with? Um, so it depends on the stage of business I'm in right now. I would probably look for a freelancer, but if I had my team built out and there was like just something I couldn't figure out how to solve, I would just hire a consultant and then use that consultant's knowledge to implement with my team. Okay. Now a bonus tip you would like to give to the freelancers and agency owners for 2021 for growth purposes? A bonus tip for growth purposes, um, use LinkedIn, engage in your DMs and get people on discovery calls as quickly as possible. I am having this problem myself. Yeah. And I, I feel a lot of time to get people on discovery call, mm -hmm. even though I ask them, they like to prefer to chat. What should I do? Um, so when you're, chatting on LinkedIn, like if you're in your DMs, anytime you like leave the conversation, it's your turn. You always end with a question, with a question, with a question, with a question. And yes, you're on LinkedIn because you want to make sales, but there gets to a point in the conversation where even if you were talking to a really good friend who you weren't thinking about selling to, you would say, okay, you know what? Let's just get on a discovery call. I can help you. Like, let's talk about your business in depth one-to-one. -one. That's when you ask them for a discovery call. So usually I find people usually just like jump the gun, only, but it only is like three or four steps ahead of time. So if you just ask like three to four more questions, people give you more info. And then after that, you're ready to get a discovery call, to propose a discovery call rather than getting it a little bit early. So if you err on the side of asking for a discovery call too soon, just ask some more questions, go like three or four more back and forth rounds of conversation, and then ask again and see how that works for you. All right. Now this is all for this podcast. I think you have answered all the question that i have asked and this is the so far so big pot so big episode like the one i had very like uh second episode was almost 45 or 48 minutes and this is mm -hmm. almost 57 and i've enjoyed your company to be very honest thank you now I it too. Mm -hmm. all right thank you for being on the show yeah thank you for having me this is Chelsea Baldwin, and you are listening to the Upsurge podcast.